What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Hot Tag. Uh, I'm Christy Francesco. Kyle Barone is here. What's going on, man? What's going on? As always, uh, thank you, everybody, who listened to our last show. We had a really big turnout for that, so appreciate it. Um, it looks like every show we do, we're either right around the same around number of downloads uh, or, like, higher. So we really appreciate uh, you guys doing that. We appreciate you guys going to coloranobobrand.com and uh, buying some, some swag. Uh, that really helps us out big time. So this week we're going to do what we technically kind of promised a couple weeks ago, but with the Royal Rumble, it was such a big deal. We had to talk about it. Uh, We're going to talk about the 2001 Stone Cold Steve Austin. And um, with that, we already talked about the 2001 Rumble. We did that watch along, uh, which you guys loved, uh, which is great. Um, Before we get into the whole Austin 01 Brigade. Um, Kyle, you've been watching some 01 stuff. I have uh, this past week as well, but I mean, we've watched stuff from 01 forever now. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up into into 01, which is, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit and kind of bring us up to date of what Austin was doing in 2000, coming back from that neck injury. Um, what was your thought of like the state of the business in 01? Um, I, I feel like that was the peak of the Attitude Era. Yeah. What, where, where are you in 01 in relation to where we were like a couple years back from there? Uh, same thing. I think 01 was where it like hit its highest. Um, if you look at that, WrestleMania 17, like we talked about it. We think that's the best WrestleMania ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of people think it's one of the best WrestleManias ever. It's at top three of everyone's list. And if you go back and watch it, you can see why everybody was over. And uh, especially going from the WrestleMania 2000, which didn't have Austin in it. And it was, I don't think Taker was in it either. I don't think so. I think you're right. Yeah, and they every single match, there were no singles matches. <laughs> it was everyone like it was either a triple threat or a tag team, and the main event had four people, and each one had a McMahon in the corner. Like it was just, and if you mm. go from like WrestleMania 15, which was great, to WrestleMania 16, which kind of sucked, <laughs> and then 17 is <laughs> the best ever. You can see where they're going up, and then 18 was really good. 19 was phenomenal. 20 was really good. So it was uh, the kind of the peak of the Attitude Era, and they would start after the years after that. They would start transitioning into the Ruthless Aggression Era, which you see on the network. They're going to be having a thing about. That, which yeah. I can't wait. That's for. going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I mean, that was probably the deepest roster ever, mm-hmm. like in the history of the business. Yeah, and like we talked about it too. How that was the like a lot of people say the Attitude Era was the best era because it was so popular. But when you look at everything, the Ruthless Aggression Era was the best era. It, it was. had way better wrestling mm-hmm. than the Attitude Era. The, the storylines were just as good. Mm-hmm. You know, Everyone wasn't over like how they were in the Attitude Era because the fans were just into everyone who came out. But mm-hmm. it was uh, like an overall, It was I thought it was a better time in wrestling. I agree. I think the matches, like you said, were so much better that the skill level has never been topped nah. since then. Um, even though the athletes of today are so much more gifted than them guys were, those guys back in the day knew how to tell stories. Mm-hmm. So, and, and look, when you have a roster full of guys like Angle, uh, Hunter, uh, Malenko, Benoit, uh, Rey Mysterio, Guerrero. Guerrero, Edge, Christian in their prime, Jericho in their prime. Dudley's. Oh, parties, my goodness. Um, Acolytes were still there. Right. Um, Just Kane and the Undertaker still there. Still, <laughs> Undertaker just, will always be there. Yeah, like every era we talk about <laughs> on this podcast, the Undertaker will be there. Just about every single exactly. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and then that was right also when WCW closed. Mm-hmm. So we, they, uh, you know, you got a, a fresh Booker T. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got you got some great talent in 01, man. Um, right behind us as we're recording this, the 2001 SummerSlam is on TV, and just the, the talent is. Speaking of talent. You got Perry Saturn looking yep. for Moppy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of gimmicks. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just an incredible time at, at that time. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of chronicle uh, Steve Austin and his rise uh, going into WrestleMania 17 and after that. Because it was a pretty wild year for Austin. It started off hot and then it kind of trickled out after um, – 
WrestleMania in terms of the heel turn, which we will talk about. Um, so to take you back a little bit into like late 99, uh, Austin held on to the to the WWF Championship after WrestleMania until SummerSlam when he lost it to Mankind in a triple threat match until um, uh, triple threat match that also had Triple H in that. Um, the rumor was Hunter was originally scheduled to win his first championship at that event in SummerSlam, but Austin refused at that time to drop it to him because he didn't think um, Triple H was over enough to, to get that. So Mankind would be used as kind of like a transitional champion, um, dropping the, the title to Triple H the next night on Raw. <laughs> so let's get the title off of Austin to get to Mankind, and then we'll let Mankind drop it to Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Austin got his rematch at No Mercy against Triple H, um, but uh, he lost after The Rock accidentally struck him with a sledgehammer um, that was meant, obviously, for, for Hunter. When Survivor Series rolled around, Triple H was still champion. Austin was booked into a triple threat match for the title against Hunter and The Rock. However, at the event, here it was. This was the moment that kind of changed the, the course of WWF for a while. Um, you have a bald guy with a goatee. The most natural thing you have to do in professional wrestling is hit, hit him with that a car. motherfucker with a car. <laughs> so Austin was run down by a car in the parking lot, and then right after that, uh, we lost Austin for a year. He underwent neck surgery by Dr. Lloyd Youngblood. Everyone knows him. Um, so realistically, the the injury, the, the surgery that he got, basically stemmed all the way back to 97 with the pile driver from Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Austin never got his neck fixed from that because at that point, can you imagine in 97, he get he gets dropped on his head at SummerSlam, what, right, SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. And then can you imagine him leaving at that time to get yeah. neck surgery? What the course of WWF might have been. Um, that that's just incredible to talk about um, at, at a later date. Um, so he was away for a little over nine months. Um, so obviously the car angle was a way to write him off. In April 2000, Austin came back at Backlash, attacking Triple H and Vince McMahon to help The Rock reclaim WWF Championship. Um, after Austin's official return, Unforgiven, which I believe was in Philadelphia, I think it was. I, Unforgiven 2000. I think Unforgiven 2000 was in Philadelphia. I, I might be I wrong. I feel like one of those events were in Philly. Um, at that time, Mick Foley was a commissioner that led to an investigation to find out who ran Austin down at the Survivor Series. As we all know now, Rikishi admitted to being the driver because he did it for The Rock. Philadelphia. It was nice. Yeah, well, far September, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I've been watching wrestling for way too long. <laughs> um, I just remember the scene when he drove the car in. I remember that being the parking lot going into uh, to the Wells Fargo Center. Um so we found out that Rikishi was the one who did it for The Rock because they were fellow Samoan. Um, so at No Mercy, Austin beat the piss out of Rikishi in a no-holds-barred match. During the match, um, you know, we saw uh, uh, Austin attempt to drive his truck into Rikishi, who by that time was just manhandled and just bloodied all over the place. Um, obviously, you know, you, you can't have the ultimate baby face hit somebody with a car so that that did not happen um so later on attempted murder a lot on w uh yeah just ask the rock who got hit in the back of the head with a hammer yeah (laughs) but mulk hogan they smashed him with an ambulance with a massive semi semi. (laughs) they blew up vince mcmahon man they really enjoy false murder motherfuckers on this show (laughs) That's really good. Even a couple weeks ago, like, Edge has a banged up neck and the whole locker room's just sitting back there while Randy Orton attempts murder <laughs> on live TV. They're all like, oh, that's cool. Edge is back. Oh, Kill my God. So moving, going after that, Triple H came down, obviously, to, to stop that with an apparent intention of teaming um, uh, uh, with with Austin after the, the triple threat match with Rikishi and Kurt Angle. Um Hunter smashes sledgehammer over Austin's head. You know, he's kayfabe survived that one. Austin's head revealed it was actually him behind the entire idea of running Austin over. What a cluster muck that whole thing was. Yeah, I I remember, man, I wish it was just came out that the rocket turned heel at that moment. Because did you feel at the time in 2001? So we'll compare 01 to 2020. In 01, I'm not sure if you were into were you still in the wrestling I think I still watched it when you found out that it was Rikishi were you almost like ah yeah it was a uh, 
like a lackluster. It was a letdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, he did it, eh, whatever. Because uh, he was like a mid card guy, never really got that main event push. Um, and you know, it was kind of like a something different, but we all wanted you know, Stone Cold, Triple H, Stone Cold, and The Rock. Like, make it another main event guy. Mm-hmm. Like, no. You know, like you said, it was a letdown. No, for sure. And then, um, so we go in the Survivor Series, um, and uh, that was where we saw Austin lift the Triple H's car with a forklift, then <laughs> dropped it 20 feet, and no, shockingly, Triple H murder. was still alive. Um, Austin won his third Royal Rumble in 2001, which we guys talk about. If you guys go into the archives here, it's about two two shows ago. Um, he eliminated Kane. That was the year Kane just threw MFers everywhere. Um, so, and we'll get into that later on. But his rivalry with Triple H ended at No Way Out in a three stages of Hell match, um, with Triple H beating um, Austin two falls to one. And then we go into obviously the run. Um, <clears throat> going into WrestleMania. So we to to stop for a second, Austin wins the rumble in, in 01. We see the 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 look the look down with between him and the rock. Looking back, do you think that was a plan all along? Do you think there was at all a plan, you think, for it to be Austin and Triple H at Mania? Um I don't know like that look in hindsight, you can look back and be like, "Ah, oh, there it is. That's what they started to build towards WrestleMania. But they had such a history. Even if they didn't go to WrestleMania, the look still made sense because mm-hmm. they've been such rivals. Um, Austin Triple H would have been a would have made sense. Would have been a great match. But like we got the best Rock Austin match that year, so I can't really complain about it. Right. So. Um, so with The Rock defeating Kurt Angle for the WWF Championship at No Way Out, Austin was set to face The Rock, being the Royal Rumble winner. Um, this was obviously before a time of two titles where guys got to choose, blah, blah, blah. This was, you win the Rumble, you're main eventing WrestleMania against the champion. That's the way it was. Which is um, crazy, too, because not a lot of times between the Rumble and Mania does a champ lose his title. Exactly. Like, that happened, and like I, I can only think of one other time it happened, but... Well, Bray Wyatt had happened. Yeah, when he (laughs) won it um, at the Elimination Chamber. But it's like, you know, usually at Rumble, you know who the main event is. It's whoever has a title versus the guy who won. Right, and looking at this year's Rumble, once McIntyre won, we knew who he was Mm -hmm. wrestling at Mania, so that's good. The other side is just a one big mess, Um, especially with this whole Goldberg thing. Um, But that's for for another time. so in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, we saw just incredible one-on-one promos where the animosity just continued to grow between The Rock um, and Austin. Um, and that also stemmed from Austin's real wife and on-screen um, wife, Deborah being assigned um, as The Rock's manager by Vince McMahon. Um, that was at a time, man, where the promos were so good. Um Remember, I, I specifically remember the one, the sit down. It was Jr. in the middle, and yeah, Austin and Rock, did. and it was almost. I mean, that was real. I felt like Austin was real as it gets there, mm-hmm. where you know the Rock was just basically saying, "Look, you know, I'm I'm the WWF champion. I'm I'm the man that's carrying this company. I'm gonna keep the title." And then you go to Austin, who looks like, "All right, I'm not playing this character right now." He had just come back from neck surgery. People are. He, he, Austin thinks he was losing steam as a babyface. I think that's physically impossible. Um, but look, that's just what he thought. Austin in that interview saying, "Look, I need to beat you. It's not a matter of I, I want to. I need to be the WWF champion." Um, and I thought that was one of the best promos in a long time. Um, at WrestleMania 17, there it was. It was in Texas. It was in Houston, Texas, man, at the Astrodome. Um, Austin faced The Rock for a second time. The second of three, um, I guess you could say, main events. Um, They became the the first ever triple main events at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Like that one match. Um, And that pre-match video package the my way oh, by david sahadi man hands down the greatest one ever there's no way it's been topped i i 
even to this day, I'll, I'll go back and I'll try to find some really good promos from back then. And it's just, it's not even close. No. Um, and I, it also helps that at the time in 01, Limp Biscuit was, was over. <laughs> Everything they touched um, was incredible. Side note, we were talking about Limp Biscuit at work the other day <laughs> for some reason. So on their way home from work, I was listening to Significant Other oh. and uh, Chocolate Starfish and a hot dog flavored water. And I'm like, God, some of this is so bad. It has not aged well. Like, like there's still some decent songs I'll listen to, but they're like gym songs, like Rolling and stuff like that. But most of it's like, what the fuck are we thinking? It's, and I remember I was reading something. It was on uh, Rolling Stone. It was last year where they named like over the last 20 years. What's the worst like song? What's the worst song? If you look at the lyrics, what it means and Rolling won number one <laughs> for like the worst lyrics. There's no meaning to it's, it. Yeah. But it was badass. Yeah. And when The Undertaker had it, bad mm-hmm. And then they did that Urban Assault, the rap version of it, with like Method Man, Red Man, yeah. everyone. It was fucking awesome. It was. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed because just remembering these songs makes me think, man, what the what were we thinking of back then? Um, so we go into WrestleMania 17, and dude, when Austin's music hits... Uh, it was as if, and back then, for those of you who are younger, a little younger than us, there was flash bulbs that happened in sta- in, a- in arenas. And when you like, remember back when the Super Bowl, the opening kickoff, literally you couldn't even see your screen; it was so white from the flashes. Yeah. That was when Steve Austin came out mm-hmm. in, in the Astrodome, um, and the coolest scene ever is when he hits the ropes, and like there's a corner if you're if you're looking at the ring in the far right corner, which is where the hard camera faces. Austin gets up on that second turnbuckle and I it was unreal um, just not one human wasn't screaming not one human was sitting and he does it four times I know and he, every time he gets up there with the double bird they go nuts it's, you just don't have it anymore nah. and it's a damn shame um so he during the match, just before the match began, it was announced that the match had been a no disqualification. Midway during the match, we see Vince McMahon make his way down the ringside. Uh, he prevented The Rock from pinning Austin on two separate occasions and provided Austin um, with a steel chair to hit The Rock with. Austin then hit The Rock bottom, uh, hit The Rock several times um, with the chair, beat the shit out of him with a steel chair um, to win the WWF title for a fifth time. Uh, I think that at that point, the only person he tied, Brett, and I think the only guy that was ahead of him at that time was Hulk. I think was a nine-time champion, right, WWF? Yeah, I think he's nine total. Oh, okay. Okay. I think he was like a four or five-time champ. And then when he came back and won that undisputed title off Triple H, mm-hmm. he, that was his sixth, I think. Oh, okay. All right, so wow, so yeah. five was big at that point. After the match, Austin shook hands with Mr. McMahon, completing the heel turn yeah which he has talked about a million times he wishes he caught an audible and said watch for the stunner but I'll, I'll I'll ask you hindsight being 2020 did you do you think the heel turn was the right move it, it, yeah um, because the two man power trip was cool uh and like they said, it was a heel turn, but he wasn't really a heel. Like not people booed him, but people were still. It was Stone Cold. They still wanted to say him. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as he tried to get them to turn on him, they wouldn't all fully turn. Especially like he said there too. He's in Texas. Yes, that is that's his home. Mm-hmm. Like that was that wasn't a good spot to turn heel. No, I agree. And man, I I guess you're right. At that point, call an audible, stun him. And then, but then I don't know where you go from there. The next night on Raw, if it's not in Texas, do it there. Do something there, you yeah. Because you're gonna have more eyes on Raw, yeah, than you are at paper. And he could have said like, "Hey, I was it was no DQ. I was doing what I had to do to win, you know." And then turn heel on the Rock the next night and shake Vince McMahon. I don't mm-hmm. know. I looking back, the heel turn to me was cool in a way because I think a lot of people forget that Austin came into the into the company as a heel. Austin was always a heel mm-hmm. and everywhere he went. He was a, a huge heel as in the Hollywood Blondes and WCW. He came he went to obviously ECW for for a cup of coffee and was a heel uh, promo um, then he goes to WWF. He's a 
stink ass ringmaster. Ringmaster. <laughs> and then he became Stone Cold. Heel. Heel. Just got over. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, he was never technically a baby face. He never yeah. did anything as a baby face. But I guess once, since the greatest rivalry in the history of the company is Mr. McMahon and Austin, the second you involve Vince with Austin, then you're. I think you're right. Something has to give mm-hmm. if he even does anything to acknowledge Vince. Yeah. It's an automatic, oh, now he is one side than the other. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. I get that. Um, but I, I agree with you. I don't think at that time, looking back as a fan, I don't think Austin lost any steam. I just think um, the company was so hot and had so many big guns that maybe the, the, the pops weren't as big. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, on one friggin' Monday Night Raw, you have these people are basically standing up from the second that they get there to the end of the night. Yeah. And you got, they have to wait till 10.50 at night to see Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're beat by then. Yeah. <laughs> they're like cheered out. <laughs> I know. Um, so after uh, that main event, he altered his character considerably over the next few months um, and a deliberate turn from his rebellious and, you know, being anti-establishment character that was absolutely beloved by everyone. He became a whiny, temperamental prima donna who complained nonstop when he felt he was not getting respect that he deserved. Um, he also, which this is where it gets good for me, he developed like an infatuation with Vince. Yeah. <laughs> He was going to great lengths to impress him, even going so far as to hug him, bring him presents. McMahon was like visibly uncomfortable and and completely bothered by the attention, was still grateful to have Austin with him than against him. Um, I thought that was some of the funniest stuff I'd ever seen. And I think it was because at that time, Austin was hurt, right? So they kept him on TV by doing all these backstage things. (laughs) And uh, he like got over as this comedic act he's like you know this badass middle finger giving beer drinking redneck and now he's doing this like funny shit backstage singing kumbaya and stuff I <laughs> was fucking great stuff it really was and it gets we'll get deeper into it when he gets with Kurt Angle which was just pure gold, gold. um so uh, during a steel cage match with The Rock in a rematch for the title, Triple H came down to the ring with a sledgehammer. After teasing a face turn, Triple H and Sten turned on The Rock. Together, as we know, Austin and Triple H just beat the piss out of The Rock, putting him out of action. I, I don't know, 2001. Was that Scorpion King? Yeah. Okay, Austin further cemented his heel turn uh, the following Thursday on SmackDown when during an interview with JR um, discussing WrestleMania, he thought Ross was denouncing their friendship and then proceeded to attack and brutally just beat the crap out of Jim Ross. And then, thus forming um, Austin and Triple H, the two-man power trip. Mm -hmm. What were... I thought that was an attempt to legitimize the heel turn. Yeah. Because... You stick him with the biggest heel in in the world. And it's crazy. And again, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. The guy doesn't get enough credit. And that guy is Triple H. Mm -hmm. Can you name, in your time watching wrestling, even watching it like on the network, going back and watching it, can you name five better heels ever than him? No. Especially not WWF. Right. right. Um, I'm I'm just thinking on top of my head. Uh, Hogan, NWO Hogan. Yeah. I mean, does Orton match up to that? Orton, he's had like, he's up there. Flair? Flair, I guess. Um, Flair was like a heel in NWA days. Like his whole life he was a heel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you look at like dudes who were were just, sorry, we got the 2001 SummerSlam one and something funny just happened. (laughs) um, I I think he's the greatest heel in WWF history. And I can even put Punk's Punk's heel turn. Punk's heel turn was awesome. Was really good. Um, he had a couple good heel runs. So I guess just thinking about it, yeah, off the top of your head, we'd have to say Triple H as a heel yeah. is just top notch. But yeah, DiBiase I think was one of the greatest. Oh, heels great! Because a great promo. Yeah, he's a great promo. All the shit he did with the kids, like kicking the basketball, like he was just an <laughs> asshole. Really but he never had that like main event push for a while. He never held. A main title, but he kind of didn't need it, even mm-hmm. though he deserved it. But 
No, I, I agree with you. So, yeah, I mean, so if you're trying to legitimize uh, Austin's heel turn, the, the smartest booking you can do is say, all right, we're going to stick you with our number one heel in the company. But also, it it's, it's great booking because literally like – Eight to ten months ago, these two were beating the shit out of each other yeah. in, a, in a great rivalry. And I know like in 2002, these – it's 2001 and Jeff Hardy is in a match against Rob Van Dam. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2020 and we're hearing Jeff Hardy's in the Performance Center getting ready to come back and wrestle. <laughs> That's almost 20, 20 years. years. 20 years, four DUIs, <laughs> three stints in rehab. Yes. <laughs> He's still doing <laughs> Um. So Austin and Triple H, they basically ran roughshod over all opponents until they went up against Undertaker and Kane. Um, they defeated Kane and the Undertaker for the tag team titles at Backlash. Which I watched today. How was earlier it? Today. It's a good match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just say that in your head. Yeah. And Backlash. Austin, Triple H versus Taker and Kane. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a normal, just a normal, normal pay-per-view. Okay. Yeah, whatever throwaway pay-per-view. <laughs> you got those four monster characters in the main event. Well, okay, so you got um, – they, they they win the tag team titles, they being Austin and, and Triple H pronouns pal. Um so now they have all the belts because Triple H is the Intercontinental. Yes. So, so they held the tag titles, the champ, the WWF Championship, which was Austin, and the Intercontinental title all at once. Um, man, that's that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at Judgment Day, Triple H lost the Intercontinental title to Kane. The following night on Raw, um, Austin and Triple H wrestled Jericho and Benoit with the which tag titles on the line. widely considered the greatest match in Raw history. A uh, lot of people have said it's one of the greatest I matches. I 100% agree. Yeah. I just watched that match. What's today? Friday? We're rec- Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday. I watched this match Tuesday night. I went to text you, but I figured... I- I don't te- I don't know what your fucking work schedule is. So <laughs> I'm on ne- <laughs> days now, but I'm sleeping early. Yeah, so I never know when to shoot you a text. Um, so midway through the match, that mutant Triple H tore his quads after trying to plant on a breakup of a Walls of Jericho. I think so. Yeah. So he plants his foot. His quad blows off um, the bone. The idiot finishes the match, mm-hmm. does a pedigree on the table. On a blown quad. But worse, the table didn't break. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, the only thing a wrestler can wish for when they're on the table is that it breaks. Yeah, so you have a man who's 6'4", 275, half a percent body fat. <laughs> His quad just exploded. I think. And didn't he say it, it- came off the knee and like rolled it up. Little, it little, it, what's it called? Atrophy? Yeah. It just rolled. It's like, like when you tear your bicep, it rolls up. Mm-hmm. That's what you said his quad did. And at that time, a quadricep tear was super rare. Mm-hmm. I remember them doing the interview when he got hurt with Dr. James Andrews. And James Andrews said, it's such a rare injury that it's happened to a couple like NFL players that he knew and those players never played again. So that was the kind of injury it was. Um, So he blows out his quadricep, finishes the match. Um, But as planned, the team lost the tag titles at the end of the match when Hunter accidentally hit Austin with a sledgehammer. Um, But the injury to Triple H, which kept him out literally for about a year, um, forced McMahon to go in another direction. Um, Obviously, the power trip is up. In your opinion, you get through Backlash, you get through Judgment Day. So that was at two pay-per-views, three pay-per-views as the power trip. Um, Do you think – how much longer do you think that would have went? Now we're playing just armchair booking. Um, In what I would have done looking back at – if Triple H was still there, let him go – um, as a team for a while and then start teasing the turn towards the end of the year and that's your Wrestlemania match is you're right those two split mega powers exploding type deal um, Austin and Triple H at Wrestlemania 18 as your main event which would have been I thought it would have been great I agree 100% um, I mean that's the natural thing of WWE because at that point you're you're going to break them up they're two absolute hosses. They're they're superstars, so they got to go up against each other. What at that point do you think if that carries on, 
do they turn Triple H babyface, or do probably they not. probably go back to yeah, Austin? Because, like how Austin said, you could see the crowd even when he was deep into that heel run, he still had fans. So I think the the heel thing with him ran it would have ran its course, and just have the heel Triple H do his thing. It would have been, like we said, the best heel in the company against one of the biggest baby faces in the company, which we've seen the match, but we never got it at WrestleMania. Right, right. Austin continued to align himself with Vince. He began feuding with Jericho and by Benoit by himself, which was great. And then here we go. Kurt Angle joined the group as Triple H's replacement for most of the next month leading up to the King of the Ring. Um, he repeatedly fell victim to um, submissions from Jericho's uh, the Walls of Jericho and the Crippler Crossface, um, though he did not wrestle as he was nursing a hand injury. Um, he continued to feud with the tag team champions, eventually costing them titles on SmackDown, uh, which was, I believe right before the King of the Ring, I think it was, or it was right after the King of the Ring, um, uh, against the Dudley Boys. At the King of the Ring, okay, so it was right before King of the Ring. At King of the Ring, Austin beat Jericho and Benoit in that triple threat match, which I just watched. Um, I that, just watched that today, too, actually. That was yeah. the debut of Booker T, mm-hmm. who broke the lower back of yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> that night. Right through that table. Yep, dropped him right through the announcer's table. Um, he literally just picked him up and threw him. Yeah. Like, if you watch it again, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a sidewalk slam, but he just dropped him. <laughs> it's like, picks. you guys can't see. This is a podcast, and I'm doing things <laughs> visually. So he picks him up from the back like he's going to do like a back suplex. Except Booker T lifts Austin and just floats him in the air through a table. And you can see, like, right away, Austin goes right to his lower back. Um, and that, of course, now bad luck continues for Steve Austin. He's going to be out. So after the King of the Ring, Austin was left without a feud, obviously, as Benoit was lost for the next year with a neck injury. So in 2001, man, you lose Triple H for a year. Austin isn't wrestling now for a few months. Benoit's out for a year. This Angle is, hurt his hand. Angle hurt his hand. It, it's it's unbelievable. And Jericho just kind of just moved on. Did No one even – nothing happened. There was no blow-off there. Um, so right after this, we – obviously we had the per- – or before this, we had the purchase WCW. So this is where the invasion begins. Um, and this is where I think things get really convoluted with Steve Austin. This is where you kind of see the cracks in terms of, yeah, this heel turn – it's like they didn't have a plan or the problem with okay. Triple H or the fact that Triple H got hurt. Literally, you have to rewrite the entire the entire plan next like six months of Austin. Mm-hmm. You need to do that because Triple H, your big heel, got hurt. So you needed a big heel in the company. But like we said with the invasion thing, the, the wrestlers they got outside of like, you know, Booker T and a handful of guys were so bad that you needed that top name on the invasion side like on the WCW ECW side mm-hmm. so Austin had to be that guy because like we said if it was you know Goldberg Sting Flair the NWO like when if they came in at, with the invasion angle they could have printed fucking money back then <laughs> but instead they got you know fucking Chris Canyon and whoever else. you know what I mean like a bunch of mid-level guys mid-card guys I mean Booker T was great but they needed somebody on that side because to so say Austin didn't go there. Now you have Austin Rock, Taker, Kane, um, Angle. Like who's going up against him? No one. Yeah, no one believable. Looking back, and I'll, I'll ask you. At some point, we will cover the invasion angle, and we'll do a watch along of the pay per view. What a shit show! The main event was great. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, why couldn't you? You own WCW. You own ECW. You you know that within a year you'll be able to probably get Hogan, Nash Hall, and Sting because – and then probably Rey Mysterio, which happened because their contracts with Time Warner end. They're just sitting at home printing money. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just wait another year to do the invasion because then you can do it – with the NWO. You do it correctly, yeah. Exactly. I, like, they could have brought guys in as, like... I like, Booker T, everyone knows who he is, bring him in. But, like, all the other guys they used in that angle 
Just bring them in. Everyone knows you bought WCW. You fucking set it on TV. Yeah. You know, just have So you buy WCW. Now all these guys are here and they're just on your roster. And then, like you said, when all those other contracts are up, they can come in and play that angle with like, yeah, you bought WCW, but you didn't get the WCW talent. No. So here's all of us, you know, yeah. Goldberg and all those guys. You got Sean Stasiak, Chris Canyon. <laughs> I mean, you you got a bunch of look, and, and no disrespect to those guys, but they're not Hogan they're not Hall, Hogan Nash, Hall Nash Sting Goldberg yeah, Flair you know. right. You got Goldberg later. Oh, that's right. You didn't even get Flair yeah. to, to wrestle. Um, so if Savage wasn't banging Stephanie. You could have got him. <laughs> <laughs> rumor uh, and innuendo. Rumor and innuendo. All right, we take our first break. Uh, when we come back, we'll dive into the invasion. And then we'll press on with Steve Austin. Uh, this is the hot tag. Um, I'm Chrissy Francesco. That is Kyle Barone. And we'll be right back in just a few seconds. All right. Welcome back. This is the hot tag. Uh, we were just talking about that epic promo that had to do with uh, it was Angle, Austin, Taker, Kane, and Jericho being you know, basically revved up by Vince after the, for the, uh, the, um, was the, the alliance? alliance? Was it? Was that yeah, the Survivor I, Series? I can't remember. It, it was one of the two. One of the two. But it was just, that was where, for the first time ever, we almost saw The Undertaker break on a live <laughs> promo. If you um, go back and watch that, when Austin, like, Vince says something and Austin just repeats everything he says, and you constantly see Undertaker rubbing his face because he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. Good stuff. So during we're going back towards this invasion now where Austin made it known uh, that he was against teaming with Kurt Angle, whom Austin saw as both a threat to his championship as well as an annoying tag along. Um, finally, a frustrated Vince called Vin, uh, Austin out and demanded that he bring the old Stone Cold back, even going as far as to ask Austin to give him a stunner so he could effectively captain a team of WWF wrestlers in a 10-man tag match at the Invasion pay-per-view, which was in July, um, which I think was the second highest bought uh, pay-per-view that year. Uh, it beat, I think it beat out the Rumble and yeah, only Mania you beat it. The Rumble, you said it was Mania, then that. Yeah. Um, boy, did they drop the ball on that. But they got the money. <laughs> they got money. Yeah. Um, uh, seemingly dejected Austin refused initially but on the following episode of Raw's War he returned to his old ways and this was when he came into the ring and, and just killed 50 him. guys just let him get stuck wasn't he at like a bar or something yeah the whole he's night playing pool and he's watching Raw on TV and then he just like leaves and pulls up in his truck and then just like fucking cleans house on everybody <laughs> I would love to know what the thought process is of everybody in the ring. They're just like, yeah, we're, 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 we're going to get stunned. <laughs> and it's like all, no one touches Austin. Everyone just gets stunned. Um, God, this match, for those of you guys who don't know, on SummerSlam 01, it, just a complete car crash it's, with RVD and Jeff. Yeah. Like, for the hardcore title and a ladder match. Look at this. I <laughs> totally missed. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jeff's obviously a nice spots there. Jeff was pretty pissed. <laughs> and his both his knees should have shattered. Yeah. Um, so going now into this, um, after basically Austin just wrecks the entire roster of every division possible with stunners, uh, he captained the team, which was himself, Angle, Jericho, Undertaker, and Kane. So it was the Invasion pay-per-view. And they went up against WCW's Booker T, DDP, and ECW's Rhino and the Dudleys. Uh, late in the match, however, uh Angle had Booker T in the ankle lock. Austin turned on Angle by stunning him and joined the alliance, turning Austin heel again. Um, now, to stop it right there, I actually, I remember them talking about going into that match. I remember even the announcers doing it. Like, who's going to be the one to turn? There's got to be somebody. And for me, uh, Chris Jericho was always a heel. At that time, he was a babyface. So I thought, even to this day, I look back and I go... I mean, that would have made sense because he was a guy that always turned heel. Yeah, and he was a WCW guy before. Right. So I thought that was natural. So to go the other way, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. And that was something I couldn't call. Because mm-hmm. literally on Raw, Austin's back. 
So I think, here it is. There we go. So let's get a big heel turn. I actually thought it might have been either Jericho or Angle. <laughs> it led up to where it could have been Angle, and then he's the one that gets turned on. Uh, so I thought that was phenomenal. The reason why Austin did this was the fact that he felt McMahon was grooming Angle to take over his spot, that he was trying to get in touch with The Rock to return, and that he himself was unappreciated when McMahon insisted that he return to the old Austin. Austin was immediately made the Alliance's new leader and began the feud with Kurt Angle for the title. Um, so Austin turns heel again. Uh, what what are your thoughts looking back now? Was it the right move? Do you like that they went that way? Because I mean, Austin also came from WCW. Yeah. Um, what were your What are you thinking about that? Do you would you have kept Austin as a babyface? Like you said, it was kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't really see that coming, and like we said, they needed a top heel to go against W or WWF guys. You know. Um, Booker T was great. He could have been a great, look, was a great top guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the rest of that team, it was, you know, Taz, and, or no, Rhino, mm-hmm. who is a mid-card guy. Yeah. The Dullies, who are a tag team. And DDP was past his prime. So, yeah, you kind of needed a, another top guy on that side. Which Angle would have worked. Jericho would have worked. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, side note real quick. You brought up DDP. They couldn't have found anything better to bring him in than to do stalking, than stalking Taker's, Taker's wife. Yes. Like, really? He was one of the hottest guys in WCW. Like, literally one of the hottest guys other than than Booker T and, I guess, Sting at the time. Um, I mean, I understand it. And you guys know that we listen to Bruce Pritchard. Most of you guys that listen to this do as well. You know, he said, you know, well, it wasn't getting over in WCW because they're a dead brand. Well, one guy doesn't carry yeah. an entire brand, um, no matter what people think, you know, Austin or or anything like that. You, you, you got to have guys that they go up against. Mm-hmm. I thought Diamond Dallas Page, I go back and I watch, you know, Nitro from 95, 96, 97. And they were on the feet for DDP then. Mm-hmm. And he was a mid-card guy. Yeah. I just don't understand. You bring in, with all of this talent in the company, you bring in Diamond Dallas Page, and that's the best you can do. You could just bring him in as a natural heel, just as himself, to go after Taker. Yeah. You had to do this creepy stalker gimmick. And mm-hmm. when he revealed himself, it was like kind of cool, but still kind of yeah. a letdown. We were like, oh. It's like, this is what this... That's what he was doing. Yeah, and I, I wonder if it was something like Vince outthought himself. Like mm-hmm. he thought he had a better idea than what he did. Goddamn, Kane was big. <laughs> Taker looks really good there. He was in good shape there. Yeah, Kane's a fucking monster. He, he really so was. My God. Um, Sorry, you guys are kind of getting two pay per views. It's okay. It's the same year. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not totally off here. Um, so Austin lost the WWF title to Kurt Angle at Unforgiven after submitting to the ankle lock um, and then became, uh, began badgering Angle for a rematch due to his hand being under the ropes. Um, that was pretty creative. I never heard something like that. Uh, Austin received that rematch on the October 8th episode of Monday Night Raw and won uh, the title after then-commissioner William Regal betrayed Angle and joined the Alliance. So I felt like this was just a continuing back-and-forth um, thing, like who's going to be in the NWO this week? Who's going to leave the NWO this week? Um, so after that, Austin then began feuding um, with Alliance member Rob Van Dam, who was the only member of the Alliance to be cheered by the fans despite um, tactics of that entire group. Because at that point, you, you had... A group, a fan base who did enjoy ECW, but everyone, no matter when Rob Van Dam was around, he was always over. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty good idea to me that if you want to get him even more over, stick him with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, so that helps. Austin faced Angle and Van Dam at that next uh, pay per view at No Mercy, um, and won by pinning. Um, I believe he pinned Kurt Angle on that one on the. 
the October 29th episode of Raw, Angle joined the Alliance and became the second most powerful wrestler in that group, um, especially with Survivor Series coming up, ultimately decided to have a winner-take-all Survivor Series tag match um, with the winning team becoming this surviving entity. We all know where that's going to go. <laughs> Austin was chosen to captain the Team Alliance, which consisted of Angle, Shane McMahon, Van Dam, and Booker T against Team WWF, which was captained by The Rock, uh, who had returned the week following Austin's betrayal of the WWF. The Rock's team was Jericho, Kane, The Undertaker, and The Big Show. So Big Show was Survivor Series. Yeah. So I was wrong. You were right. Asshole. I was looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this point, we have a lot of jumping around. Um, with RVD, Kurt Angle. Um, they bring The Rock back in after he's, you know, slowly doing his whole part-time gig with yeah, WWF. He's done filming a movie. Yeah, he's back. he's back. Needs another, you know, paycheck. Uh, so at, at this point here, are you kind of, as a fan, are you done? It's a two-part question. So as a fan, are you done with this whole invasion thing? And on the other end, the back end of that, do you think this is McMahon kind of throwing in the towel saying, this just didn't work the way we thought it's time to wrap it up here yeah that's exactly what it was they were like it isn't what we thought it was going to be so let's just end this and move on after that um and you know it was time Mm -hmm. like we said it wasn't what it should have been so you got what you could out of it and time to move on to something else no, I, I, I agree. Um, at the Survivor Series, Austin was one of the last two wrestlers in the match, with The Rock being the other. Um, and it was the last remaining hope for the Alliance to survive. Late in the match, Austin attempted to win the match with a rock bottom. The Rock's obviously finishing move, but you got a, a nice little false finish here. He then kicked out of his own uh, Stone Cold Stunner, which The Rock nailed on him, and attacked two referees. This was a time where referees got the crap kicked out of them, um, including Nick Patrick, who had a incredible five star match at at uh, Invasion against one Earl Hebner, uh, with the officials down, Angle ran into the ring and picked up Austin's title belt. He then entered the ring and struck Austin with it, betraying the Alliance, and enabling The Rock um, to hit the rock bottom on Austin to pin for the pin and the 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 brand victory. Um, and effectively ending the entire invasion angle. Uh, the Alliance was forced to, quote-unquote, disband, and Austin's future with the company was in question. Oh, God. Um, following that, uh, McMahon decided he was going to strip Austin of the title uh, and award it to Angle for his actions. Just before he could do that, enter, finally, Ric Flair. Um, returned to the WWF for the first time since 1993, um, announcing that he was now half-owner of the company. Austin returned moments after this announcement uh, and attacked Angle and McMahon for their actions. He was then handed his title by Ric Flair and celebrated with him, turning him back to babyface. And this is where you and I just talked about this. Like, we're in, let's see, Survivor Series is November, right? Yeah. So, like, three or four, two, three months from now, the NWO comes in. Yeah. In 02. You just got done having an awful invasion angle where you have faces turning baby uh, heel. Heels turning back baby face and turning back heel. Why, if there's no way that Vince in, like, June didn't look at down the road going into the Rumble season thinking, oh, I could have Hulk in here. I could possibly get Sting in. We might be getting Ric Flair back in. Why do you not just wait six months? Yeah, I, I don't... We're, <laughs> like like we said, we're armchair quarterbacking this thing. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe when their contracts ran out, he called them and they were like, nah, we're good. And then they were That's like... True. You know, one month without a check, they're like, wait a second, I kind of want to get paid again. Hey, and then Vince, you got something for us. So. And, and then another thing, another caveat to this, that next month after Star Wars, Triple H returns. Yeah. So now you got the ultimate babyface return for Triple H. I mean, you are literally stacking the card up mm-hmm. for an NWO return, now an, an invasion angle again. Yeah, where you could have had that. At WrestleMania, yeah, you know the, and you didn't even have to do like a whole tag match, but you could have did like the, like, you know, we all say, 
The Rock and Hogan was such a, a great iconic match. Iconic match. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a good work match, but Hogan Austin is what it should have been. Even though I don't think they would have got the same match out of it, but it makes sense to like that's what everyone wanted. You got the the leader of WCW, their main guy and WWS main guy. Yeah. So you could have did that. Um, Rock and Razor or Rock and Diesel. Well, Diesel was hurt, but if he wasn't, could have had that. Or yeah. Rock and Flair would have been a great match. Would have been uh, great. Um, yeah, if they just would have just held on a little bit longer. I'll tell you what, man. You have if you have, and and again, we're gonna get people replying to this show saying, yeah, but then you wouldn't have gotten Rock Hogan. You're right. But we still should. We could have even gotten Rock Hogan at like SummerSlam. Yeah. But that WrestleMania. That following mania should have been in a perfect universe, Austin versus Rock. I mean, Austin versus Hogan. Hogan yeah. And w- w- what could have happened at, at that point, and if you look at that match and with Hogan and Rock, the, the, the crowd turned on the Rock. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that would not have happened with Austin. Yeah, I was just thinking that, like, what would the crowd of reaction have been if it was Hogan and Austin? Oh. Because it was like... Yeah, The Rock was a baby face, but he was a heel too, so it was easy to turn on mm-hmm. him because he's he was great at both. Mm-hmm. But it was like, which the like I would say if I could go back and watch one match live, that oh. I'd love to have been in a crowd for that. Absolutely, because it was like Hogan's like you know they're injecting the NWO into this and they're the worst thing ever. These are your top heels, this that and the third. And he comes out and they're like, nope, that's our guy. We've been waiting for this for a long time. He's wearing black, but he's red and yellow. You know what I mean? Like the crowd was didn't even care. They're like, "That's Hulk Hogan." And yeah, we're here to cheer for him. I, I and actually now you talking about that, um, I still think the crowd would have been on Hogan because that was Toronto, Canada. Yeah, and you know you go back to the early like WrestleMania in the Sky Dome. Mm-hmm. That's Canada was Hogan country, but still it wouldn't have been as clear cut um, watching this cage match here with Undertaker and Kane versus Canyon and DDP um, I don't know how they had these cage matches back then because if you watch, if you guys watch the match whenever they whip somebody against the ropes they hit the they cage, hit the cage. Yeah. oh my god it's just terrible um, so to, to, to carry on here as we close out 01 Flair uh, who, like we said, was the quote-unquote half-owner of the company, decided that Austin would face off against The Rock, who was still in possession of the WCW uh, World Heavyweight Championship um, at the upcoming Vengeance pay-per-view in December to unify the titles. However, since Austin was still feuding with Kurt Angle and Rock had an unresolved feud with Jericho over his own feud, uh, McMahon overruled Flair so that both men would wrestle over his own title. McMahon overruled Flair um, basically because this is where we're going to get the undisputed title, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is maybe the first time in, in the history of a major pro wrestling company. Um, so both men so Flair then said that both men would wrestle their respective rivals for their respective titles at Vengeance with the winners to face each other and the winner of that match to be crowned the undisputed WWF champion Austin won his first match by defeating Angle then faced world champion Chris Jericho for the unification match Jericho had just gotten done beating The Rock which completely blew my mind yeah everyone thought it was going to be alright or uh Rock Austin again. Right. Um, that's, oh man, that would have been money. However, Austin lost the match and his title after uh, McMahon and Booker T interfered. Um, and that made Chris Jericho the first ever undisputed championship. <laughs> Which one of these are not like the yeah. other uh, kind of situation? Um, Austin and Booker T then began feuding to close out um, 2001, which led to various fights in strange venues like a church <laughs> confessional, bingo hall, and the famous supermarket one. Yeah, the one. supermarket one's great. And, where he's eating cereal and, you know, like trying to hide it. Got milk, Buck? Got milk, yeah. <laughs> Make sure the dude opened the can, or Austin opened the can, and the look on Booker T's face is gold. My favorite part is at the end of that, 
when the the he rings him up, he puts him through the thing, and then you hear the sirens. Austin's leaving, and he goes press check on jacket. Press check on jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such good stuff, man. That's one of the most my one of my favorite angles ever. That when, since being a fan, doesn't he grab the salami and he starts singing when the yes. hits your eye? <laughs> oh, it's so um, great. So that wraps up 2001 for Stone Cold, and as we know, we're gonna go into January, the Rumble. Um, that, but that's 2002 was basically the year of Triple H mm-hmm. making his return after the quad injury, um, and it goes on to a very lackluster um, beginning of 2002 for Steve Austin. Actually, 2002 was a bad year yeah. for Stone Cold because you go in, you have he doesn't end up wrestling Hogan, he ends up wrestling Scott Hall at a it's a very lackluster um, WrestleMania the, match. The best thing we got out of that That's is that one of the greatest oversells <laughs> on the stunner ever. Yes. Um, and <laughs> but even, Austin said he's never rewatched that match back because he just his head wasn't in the right place. Mm-hmm. And Neither he knows, was Scott Hall's. Yeah. And he knows it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, like even like the promos leading up to that were very uncomfortable, as we now know. You know, um, what's that 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 drug that. Scott Hall was taking to uh, everything. <laughs> At the time, he was trying to get sober. He was taking a a drug that, if you drank alcohol with it, you got violently ill. Um, was that the so somas? Nah, no, somas uh, put you to sleep. That's what I um, remember. I can't remember either. Um, I think it. Let me see. It's a medicine to stop drinking alcohol. I'm trying to think. Oh, I forget. It's like at the tip of my tongue, too. Um, and I forget what it was. It wasn't, definitely wasn't Declanol. It wasn't that. Um, whatever it was, it was a medicine that if you were trying to um, stop drinking. Yeah, if you were trying to stop drinking and you took this medicine, Anabuse. There it is. Uh, Anabuse was the thing. So basically you're trying to become sober of alcohol. If you take Anabuse, the mere smell of alcohol makes you violently ill. So there was a promo that you remember where Austin tied up Scott Hall in a freezer or like a room that was all beer. Uh, Tied him up, put the thing over his mouth, the scotch tape or whatever, over duct tape over his mouth, and proceeded to drink beer and r- drown him in it. And if you've heard that's the, right. if you've heard the the Pritchard and Conrad, they go at it with each other because now they're doing this, and they literally they did this like ten different times. They didn't notice because he was so wrapped up. They didn't notice that Scott Hall was getting violently ill. Jesus. And they didn't know he took an abuse. Wow. Oh. So they're because there's no way. But didn't Scott Hall say like here's the angle we're gonna shoot? Didn't he say he should have said like oh, I can't do that because right. I'll throw up all over. Right. Me. And then Conrad said, Well, if you're Scott Hall, this might be your last shot at a big paycheck. Why are you gonna try to ruin that? I'm yeah. saying still not my problem if I'm the employer. Yeah. If you're taking stuff, you have to tell me because then you don't have to do the beer. Just beat the crap out of here. Do mm-hmm. something different. So to me, I still put that on the performer. Because one, Scott Hall's been in the business long enough that if he doesn't want to do something, he ain't going to do it. Yeah. Just ask Eric Bischoff in WCW. Yeah. Um, so that was just uncomfortable storyline there. Um, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. Yes, absolutely. You have to. Definitely, guys, go look that up on YouTube or on the network. Um so like, like we said, 2002 began not so great. And then after that WrestleMania, wasn't that just months later when Brock Lesnar comes in Brock and then Austin leaves? Night after Mania, right? Right. That Monday. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And then he basically, I think later in the summer, that was when Austin didn't want to do a one-off with Brock and yeah. lose to him and took his ball and Took went his home. ball and went home, as he always says. Right. Which I understand. I'd, looking back... Absolutely, you understand yeah, it. You're Stone Cold Steve Austin. You want me to put over Brock? That's fine. Let's build it for a month so we can make let's money. Let's make some money on it. <laughs> Not like, oh shit, next week on SmackDown, you got these two guys and there's no, you know, mm-hmm. 
looking looking back, so now as we wrap things up here, you look at Steve Austin, and you know there's all those rumors that he was hard to work with. You know, he, there was a time he didn't want to put Triple H over. Mm-hmm. There was a time he didn't want to put Billy Gunn over on Raw, um, or even wrestle Billy Gunn on Raw because he thought these guys weren't over. If you're Steve Austin, why do people? I mean, if you're a fan of Austin or a guy that likes the wrestling business like us, why should we rip Austin for being so protective of the gimmick, protective of his character, when 15 years later, there's no way Hogan's not calling the shot? He, what did, he did he lose clean twice in his career yeah. up until, like, staying in 97? I think the first time he ever lost clean was to Warrior, like, on a big, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was doing the same like Austin was doing the same thing Hogan was doing. And you get why he did it. I mean, not wrestling Billy Gunn because you don't think he's over. So you go beat him. Yeah, just you beat know, him. Just beat him. Squash him up. Yeah. Um I don't know, I like I, I get it. Looking back, I'm sure he regrets a lot of it, but hmm. you're in your you're like you're a thirty year old kid, you're giving millions of dollars, you're on top of the world, you're gonna have an ego as much as you say Yeah. You know, we can sit there and say, oh, I would never do that. We're never in those spots. So Like to me, if I'm Steve Austin, I'm probably doing the same thing. You know why? Because on a Monday night raw or even on a house show and they want me to go face Billy Gunn and maybe even like lose to him in some way, like to further a storyline, and I don't want to do it, and Vince says, well, you have to, I'm going to kind of open the side curtain and be like, you see all those Austin 316 t-shirts? Yeah, that's kind of me. I, mm-hmm. I think that if I want to say I don't want to lose to this guy right now, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that goes, and I look, and Austin's built an absolute Mount Rushmore career off decisions he's made. Mm-hmm. And he also is really great about saying, look, I fucked up here. Yeah. Like the Brock Lesnar thing. He messed up. He knows it. But as fans, we understand now yeah. why he did it. Look at Brock now. And look mm-hmm. at Brock where he was like six months later. Yeah. Like the, the, the guy main evented WrestleMania in his first year. And it would have been great if they built to that like before Mania. Brock just beat Stone Cold on his way to face Kurt Angle. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. um, if they built it the right way, Agreed. it would have been better than him just, like, even if he just beat him on a SmackDown, but build it the right way. Do, uh, do it the right way. And, you know, I'm surprised Vince didn't go to Austin and tell him, like, what they were thinking about doing months in advance. Um, Throughout this whole SummerSlam 01 pay-per-view we're watching, every time The Rock's in a segment, it was it Sean Stasiak? Sean Stasiak. Trying, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to, like, tackle him. And every time he runs into the room to get The Rock, he just steps out of the way, and he goes flying. And it's hilarious. Look at Billy Gunn jacked up he's with his so jorts. big, yeah. I know. <laughs> wow, Taz was a mutant, too. Um, Taz with a big of, lip in. A lot of Mexican supplements in those locker rooms back then. <laughs> um, a lot of dead guys, too, I just yeah. saw. Uh, here's that big SummerSlam match, man. Austin, which we had already just talked about. Yeah. Austin versus uh, Kurt Angle. Good match, good ending. Mm-hmm. So, with the, the the two referee type deal. Kurt so. Angle was such a stud. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, um, Kyle, we just went over literally like almost month by month of Steve Austin in 01. Where do you rank Austin? And, and again, we talked about this before that we hit record. The two biggest stars in the history of the business, not just WWF, the business of pro wrestling, had arguably two of the shortest runs Mm -hmm. ever. And, you know, we just talk, we, everyone rips a guy like John Cena. He had a 15 year run. Yeah. These guys, Austin had 97, I guess you can say. When he come in 96, 97 ish. Yeah, so when he did the Bret Hart stuff is when he started getting really over, right? So 97, 98, missed all of 99. Came back in 2000, uh, 01. 02. Which was not great. Not great. And then ended in 03. Ended the beginning of April of 03, whatever, WrestleMania 19. So a, four, a legitimate three and a half, four year run. Four year run, yeah. The Rock, same thing. 98 became huge. He main evented WrestleMania 15 in 99 mm-hmm. with Austin. So you have The Rock in 99. 98, I guess he was a big heel. 98, 99, 2000. He goes away a little bit in 01, comes back here. Yeah. Goes away again. 02, 03. That was really it. Mm-hmm. So about a four-year run. And then he had 
they came back for like the rock and sock connection once, yeah. but it was like yeah both these guys had a four to five year run ish and it's just insanity biggest, like two of the biggest names <laughs> in the history Hogan did it for 30 years <laughs> you know uh, Taker's been doing it for 30 years yeah Cena's did it for 15 years you know it's uh, longer than that 16 years yeah it's and then you got these two who barely scratched the surface and we always said if the Rock never left he'd be the, the movies, big he'd be the great biggest star it, ever it wouldn't even be close really nah. I mean the it, it honestly wouldn't have been close so you, you look at just one, it tells you how hot the business was. Mm-hmm. That two guys had a combined eight years of a run with some injuries mixed in there. I mean, God, Austin missed a whole year of of being on top at the hottest time. You, where do you put 2001? Um, it wasn't. I mean, it was like his babyface runs were the best. So I'd say it's like not one of his best years, but it was still like, like we said, he only had four or five of them. So it's, you know, yeah. um, I think 99, 2000 were his best years when he was on top. 2001 mm-hmm. was pretty good. I guess like his third best one. I guess, yeah. You know? I liked a one of the facts that it was, he had a lot of versatility mm-hmm. and you saw a different side so of him. It's like, yeah, his different, the comedic personality with the cowboy hats with Kurt Angle is yeah. fucking hysterical. Like just watching this lead up here against Angle is just hilarious stuff mm-hmm. and just great stuff. I might watch this match when I uh, get out of here. <laughs> um, but no, Kyle, thank you so much, man. Um, not sure. Are we going to, depending on your schedule, not sure if are we going to do a watch along next with Mania season coming up. Yeah, we can do something next week. Um, because I know I've been wanting to, and I don't know about you, wanted to go over WrestleMania 19, which was Austin's yeah. last match. Mm-hmm. But that card itself was which incredible. I, I think looking back, it would have been great if they had announced, like, if he did the thing with The Rock where The Rock was like, there's only one thing I haven't done, and that's beat you. And Austin would have said, like, you know, if I can't beat you, I should get out of here. So I put my career on the line. Yeah. It would have been, and let it main event, like, legit main event, even though it was a coming out party for Brock. But. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it would I, have I been agree. better if he, they announced it and gave him the right send-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. We'll, we'll talk about it and we'll let you guys know exactly what we're doing. We always like to not exactly tell you guys what's next, but we'll talk about it and then I'll let you guys know on social media. Um, thank you guys again so much for checking us out. You can find us on anchor.fm. You can download the Anchor app and, and listen to us if you have Google, Google Podcast, Spotify. We get a lot of uh, hits and downloads through Spotify um, and anywhere you guys listen to, to podcasts. Stitcher. Tell your wrestling friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Wherever you guys know that like wrestling, check us out. We're not paid by WWE or AEW or anybody. This is just us loving wrestling. And but if someone from WWE or AEW <laughs> is listening to this and would like to send us a check, yes, and up and <laughs> don't 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 recall anything bad I've ever said about any of you. Yeah. Um, let's just focus on the positive. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say whatever you want for money. <laughs> you hand me a check, I'll do whatever you yeah. want me to do. Um, all right, this has been the hot tag. I am Chrissy Francesco. That's Kyle Barone, and I will. Uh, we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good rest of your week and weekend. Bye-bye.